What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to Game Over International. We are getting to the end of it, guys. It's day 13 of our coverage of the Beijing Winter Olympics, and I'm going to welcome in my guest right away. It's Patrick Bexel. He's back again. He's going to be back again a little bit this week because uh, he's got some time off, and being based in Europe, it uh, is a lot easier for Patrick to be with us than a lot of people in Canada. Well, I'm putting the eye in international, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we have some different perspectives when when Patrick is on as well. And being that we have a, an international flavor today and we're covering an international competition, I don't think we can start the show without talking about Yarmar Yager, who's turning 50 today, 5-0. Happy birthday, Yarmar Yager, who is still playing. And as Patrick said before we started the show, probably should have been on Team Czechia. Yeah, I mean, like he's 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 a legend. I think I have to start by saying the the year seventy two is a great year. Not not that I have something to do with that later. Like, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's 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 Jaromir Jagr. It's crazy. You know, he probably should have been. Uh, Tomas Plekanec should could probably have played there as well today. The way it looked, but it did. I mean, like, there's so many crazy stories we saw Jaromir Jagr in in uh, the HBO show. You know the countdown to the winter classic you know and he he had a good profile there and that's one of the reasons that he probably still is playing that the the thing he showed in that future where he was in the on the ice four o'clock in the morning and going skating with weights and stuff like that he, yeah he, i guess for us loves- this is this is a late start for yammer yager six in the morning <laughs> yeah for 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 him he would have been skating for two hours already but yeah and and for me personally i think you know, growing up with, with you know, the Warsaw Pact and, and the Cold War and everything, and then choosing to play with number 68 and on, on East Jersey uh, as a finger to the Soviet Union. I, I think that is a, you know, massive props for that. On top yeah. of everything else that he has achieved, I think that is, you know, it's 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 a great story. Huge respect for Yarmar Yager always. He is, I mean, if, if not top five all time, it, it'd be tough to... F- figure out five guys who have had a bit bigger impact on the game than Yarmar Yager. And I, I feel like I have extra respect for guys who play well into their forties and remain excellent. And I harbor a grudge against the Calgary flames for being the ones who, you know, basically ruined his career by letting him leave the NHL. <laughs> not, not really, but like, you know, he was still well, he good, went, and they he, wouldn't he went, play. He him, went so. home and bought his own team. I yes, mean, like, exactly. You gotta give the props for that as well. But and, but on the other hand, yeah, you you know, like I think it's 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 if you t- it's like everyone else, like you can support whatever, whoever you want in KHL, but the second team is always going to be locomotive because of the the um, airplane crash. Uh, it's the same if you, you everyone, every hockey fanatic anywhere that you will have favorite players, but one of them will always be Yarmir Jagger, no matter which team you support. 100%. He is that guy. He is just charismatic, was effective forever, remains effective in the Czech League. I mean, hey, so is Thomas Bukanic. He's got uh, 48 points in 48 games this season, which is pretty impressive for a 39-year-old. 
But well, he plays with Yarmir Yager. That's exactly. the thing, right? <laughs> he's that's, on the exactly. same line. <laughs> if you play with the ageless, you become ageless, and uh, that's just fun. Yeah. What is Yarmir at this year? Uh, nineteen points in thirty-nine or thirty-five games. So starting to slow down a little bit, but. I mean, the man's 50. <laughs> it's It's got to happen eventually, and he resisted for so long. All right, let's get into the Olympic talk because Canada won their second gold medal of the these Olympics in the women's team pursuit, and it was quite the crazy event. Uh, Canada secured their spot in the race for gold or silver against Japan, and Japan was leading the entire race. With about... A couple of seconds as well. <laughs> yeah, and then Canada really pushed it towards the end. Uh, I believe when uh, Isabel Weedman took over the lead and just like powerful strides really pushed it and they got down to about 0.32 seconds behind Japan on the last couple of laps there. And I wonder if that pressure on them is kind of what caused the crash. But obviously the third uh, Japanese skater... Just couldn't maintain her balance coming out of a turn and tragically uh, crashed and ruined Japan's gold medal hopes. And this is something that happened to the Japanese team at Salt Lake at the World Championships not too long ago. It's also something that happened to Team Canada in Pyeongchang in 2018. It's not that unusual for speed skating, but it is still... You never really want to see a gold medal won by default. As much as Except I think the Canadian Steve team Bradbury. skated well, yes, yeah. Tell that story, Patrick. So let's. If people don't know that story, I want to hear. I want people to know that story. I I think was it in Torino or was it? I, I forgot which Olympic it was. But but anyways, Steve Bradbury um, had he had injury problems. He's an Australian. He was the first Australian to win a gold for Australia in the Winter Olympics. Along, I think the same day they won another gold in in some trick skiing event. I think it was 2002 in, quarter, in Salt Lake. Yeah. In quarterfinals, he was n- n- impeded by someone falling in front of him. So he was awarded a place in the semifinal. Same thing happened in the semifinal. And his tactics going into the final, he described after the race, was if I hang back, I might get bronze because people are going to fall. He hung back. Everyone fell. And he got gold. And he <laughs> like, find it on YouTube because... The sheer shock on his face when he crosses the line and then the scramble for the other medals when people are more or less actually just pulling their, their way towards the line is incredible. And he obviously he retired more or less directly after. And I saw when I was watching the Ashes, which is a cricket thing with, with Australia and England, that he was part of the uh, sports crew covering covering this like the, the new, what would be sports hour or sports center in in, in U.S., so yeah, no, great story. Uh, love the guy, and obviously, you know, you cheer for the underdog. You always do, but, but that was seeing the underdog win in that way was it is dramatic, and you see this on five hundred meter um, on on the big ice as well. There will be falls, and and the speeds that they are going in the team pursuit is is incredible. Uh, that they're not more falls is, is incredible. Yeah. I think. Yeah, and I, I feel like that's kind of the beauty and the tragedy of speed skating is that there are falls and it's not uncommon. Like you said, it surprising is not more common with how fast they're going, but it is a, a sport where you can go from elation to devastation in a fraction of a second. And all it takes is one mistake and you lose, right? So 
incredible in see, skate you, in some ways you see that i think it may be more so in in the winter olympics you got the slalom you got like the alpine skiing one mistake will ruin mm -hmm. your, your day you saw it in the biathlon today where it was tough for the russians coming in um with with a lot of time to spare and and you miss three shots in a row uh and then you you, you lose your gold medal and you finish with bronze which was lucky for them in a way as i feel for for the japanese they at least got silver but but it's it is tough because there are so small margins compared to maybe a summer Olympics where, you know, the small margins will be maybe in the shooting of pistol range and stuff like that. Or like sprinting, I guess, or hurdles, like a, a lot of the, those kinds of sports are, are similar, I suppose. Cause they're so fast, right? Like there's, you train your entire life for one moment, you know, and there are some sports uh, that you get a couple of chances, right? Like I was watching the men's big air competition in snowboard, which by the way, uh, we should mention Max Pro won his second uh, medal of the Olympics, a bronze medal in that. But you know, you have three runs to do it and you can mess up on one of them and still medal, right? You, it's your best combined two runs. So that there's like some level of forgiveness, but the sports where you have no forgiveness, it's like, extra intense and at the same time there's just more opportunity for things to go in a sad direction but it it does make the the wins ever more sweet right and i should say and that like that's that's what keeping us on the edge as well we're yes. sitting there with our stomachs and knots no at matter in the morning support <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like yeah so i should mention uh isabel weedman who was the uh, leader for Canada down the stretch there in their team pursuit is the third athlete in history, I think. No, no, no. Sorry, that's something else. Uh, Weedman wins gold, silver, and bronze, and she's, I think, the third Canadian in history to ever win gold, silver, and bronze at the same uh, Winter Olympics, which is super impressive. And uh, Valerie Malte, who is also part of that team, along with... Uh, Let's see what's the other one. I think it's Yvonne Blondin. Now I'm like questioning myself. My writing is terrible. I can't read my own writing. But uh, anyway, uh, Valerie Malte, who is uh, part of that team, is the third athlete in Olympic history to win an, a medal in short track speed skating and long track speed skating. So shout out to Valerie. That's incredible. And for those who don't know the difference, because I think a lot of people see the short track and the long track, and they just assume that the difference is like the size of the rink, which like they are different, but it's actually the size of the skate. They're, they're slightly longer on the long track, and it's because the long track speed skates are built for greater speed along the straights, and the short track speed uh, skates are built for greater control along the curves. So that's why you see a lot of falls in long track coming out of the curves, whereas short track is a bit more chaotic and like people bumping into each other. That's what causes most of the falls in there. So to be able to do this kind of athletics at this high level in two different styles of skating is incredible. So shout out to Valerie Malte. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, like, meddling in in two different sports i think is is fascinating be it biathlon and cross country that we have seen before 
uh, in the relay team, someone has jumped in from the biathlon to, to do the cross country and relay. But, but I mean, like medal in two different disciplines is, I mean, like we, we respect the swimmers for doing it. We should respect anyone doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Clara Hughes has been such a inspiration for Canadians around the country and especially athlete athletes, uh, not only for her advocacy for mental health issues, but also for the fact that she, I believe she meddled in cycling and in speed skating. So she's like a multidisciplinary athlete as well, but in two different Olympic games. So she's training in a different way every two years, which is incredible. But uh, also on the docket, we had uh, Canada's curling teams continuing to get back onto the right side of the win-loss column. Uh, both the men and the women recorded some wins overnight here. It seems like the men are now, I believe they're now 5-2, and two, so they're in a strong position, whereas the women are 3-3. Three and three. Jennifer Jones and company have a very uphill battle to get into the qualifier for the knockout round. But it seems like things are turning around for them. Canada's curling teams have been kind of struggling so far based on expectations in the Olympics. But uh, the biggest takeaway from the last 24 hours of Olympics that isn't to do with medals might be an event that happened in the Germany versus Slovakia game in the qualifiers. Or it might have been the last, was it the last? Uh... It's the eighth final or whatever you call it. The, 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 okay. the knockout round before the quarterfinal. Okay, so it's right before the quarterfinal, but it's not in the, the quarterfinal. So Slovakia and Germany, uh, Slovakia took control of that game. Down 4 nothing. David Wolf lays a pretty dirty hit in, I guess it's the dying seconds, less than a minute and a half left in the game. And I'm looking here at the hit. And I mean, the first hit is, is all right. It's the second hit where, where the yeah. guy leans over and he punches him in the back. Yeah, he's, he punches him in the back of the head with the butt end of his stick into the ice as the player is bent over. <laughs> you don't usually see this kind of stuff in the Olympics. I feel like in international play, the last time we saw these kinds of antics were like Canada-Soviet Union battles. I, I was reminded here by uh, someone because I tweeted it out obviously earlier and uh, someone else pointed out that uh, I think some Canadian did that against a German guy in, in last year so, or last Olympics oh, with really? a couple of, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to find it here on my Twitter feed. Uh, so it is kind of, let's see here. I found it. Uh, so, um, was das brutal? Yeah, it's um, who is it? I don't know, but but yeah, it's it. He 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 goes here from uh, it's the Canadian, yeah, when Germany is 4 1 up, um, in the semi final last Olympics, ah, uh, when they were getting eliminated, yeah, and it's just like it's a it's a dirty hit mid ice from the blind side again. 4-1 down. These are the kind of hits. It doesn't matter which nationality it is. No, it doesn't. This matter. kind of hits needs to go. Yeah. I mean, like, some players have to play a, another game. You don't. But also, I think the National Federation should really step in and just hammer the, 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 the player for doing something like that because otherwise they will never learn. Yeah. These 100%. are the kind I mean, like, I don't mind a physical hit. I don't, I don't mind that. Um, but the dirty hits... 
at the end of the game. Yeah, those are mine. And it doesn't even like in the context of a playoff series, I can even somewhat understand the idea of a dirty hit because you're trying to send a message for the next game, say, or like get a player out of that series, which I'm not going to defend that. That's garbage, too. But at least there's some level of logic as flawed as it would be to do that. But when you're just losing and trying to take your pound of flesh, I feel like that's somehow inherently even worse. And I, I would like to see a very stiff suspension come down either from the German Federation or the IIHF or both, because frankly, there is no place in the game for that. And we've got to cut that crap out. Like I, I'm just, it's already, you're having trouble. I think getting eyes on this men's tournament because it's not the best pros in the league or not in the league, in the world, when you have something like this to detract from it, it, it just makes it look gross, and the quality of hockey gets shown as even worse, right? So it, It's a I, shame, too, because Germany has had some really talented young guys coming up technically-wise. Stutzler, Seider, Seider, who can really hit very well, but hits cleanly. Uh, you know, you, you, you don't want to detract from Germany's progress, and that is what it brings up as well. It, it detracts from the progress of of the German Federation and, and the does. German hockey ho hockey you know culture, which we in Europe really need because a strong Germany brings in more money, which will bring in more interest. Yeah, and I think we've seen Germany take so many steps as a as a federation. And like we said before, this has nothing to do with the German Federation or any nationality. It's just that this kind of stuff needs to be punished and punished swiftly and quickly. Uh, and severely so let's figure that out as soon as possible and uh, get this guy <laughs> i mean i don't know if they have any games left i don't think so but oh, get this guy yeah. out of the federation out but, of the but, german federation because it's just garbage and also i mean like uh, sticking to the to the hockey tournament we have the so slovakia went through and uh, they were my outsiders before the sea uh, before the tournament um, I'm happy with that, and also, you know, with Nimitz and and uh, Slavkovsky there for the upcoming draft, it's it's really interesting in that regard. And props to the Slovakia Federation and, and organization around the hockey in Slovakia that has taken a, a a huge step forward from where it was just five years ago. Yeah, uh, this is the Slovak team that we want to see, and and where what we are expecting them to be as well. Um, but then Czech Republic. Lost to to Switzerland like half an hour ago, uh, in in that game. So Switzerland goes to the quarterfinal. But what I really struggles with because Denmark won as well against Latvia, but Denmark and Latvia played each other in the group stage in the last game of the group, and then they play each other in an eighth final, which I think is just stupid. It is, and Canada is in the uh, and exact Canada is going to play China. Yeah, uh, and and really, I I. I have so much troubles with Champions League in football uh, in some of the draws, but please make sure that you don't end up with the same team that you had in the in, in the group. That's just, I mean, like someone is going to break Canada's goal record this year for for uh, the Olympics, I guess. Well, maybe not Canada's, but the men's goal record at least. <laughs> I don't, I don't know about that. The Canadian team hasn't been scoring that uh, that frequently. So I think the China held them to five in the last game. We'll see if they can do the 
the same thing in this one. Maybe get a goal of their own. I do want to talk about that game coming up today as well because Canada is starting. I believe it's uh, Tompkins is the name of the goaltender who closed. Oh yeah, from goalie is their best goalie, but they have not started Devin Levi, and now I'm wondering if the plan was just to bring him there for experience, which I think is kind of a waste because. I think he's probably the best goaltender of the three that they brought. And if they're not going to start Devin Levi, who in my opinion was their X factor heading into this tournament, I just, I'm kind of shocked. They're just leaning so heavily on the veterans. And this is a very hockey Canada thing to do, do, do but do, do, do you call uh, Matt Tompkins at 25, a veteran? He's, he I think he's 27, prime. right? Yeah. Well, it's still in their prime for a goalie. And you, the season he's had in Frölunda, uh, it would be the the. I would probably save him for Sweden, but he probably needs a game before that in order to get into the tournament. I don't know how many games he's played. He but, played the last uh, game against China. Yeah. So so um, because obviously he will know a little bit of of, of the Swedish players going into that game so you would assume he gets to play against Sweden because let's face it we just assume Canada's going to be China if if China beats Canada that's going to be the upset that's going to be the miracle on ice part yeah two. yeah no <laughs> kidding not the American one so so you know uh but Matt Tompkins really great great guy uh signed with uh I think it's Dynamo Moscow for next year he's already got a contract uh, for next year while he's in for London right now well, uh, not officially, but uh, everything else speaks to. <laughs> Let, let's just say, like, silly season is is ongoing in Sweden already, for, or in Europe already for next year, especially with the Russian canceling the KHL season and just starting playoffs after the Olympics. Uh, and uh, deadline day is on Tuesday. It is today, is it? Yeah, I think it is today for for rest of Europe. So I mean, like, but Matt Tompkins is is he's been outstanding. Uh, um, having had the chance to play regularly in a team and not having to worry about being sent up and down has really, really helped him develop as a as a goalie. And he's been rewarded with a KHL contract and some good money on the bank account. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I think most people that I've talked to were just hoping that Canada would use their youth a little bit more. And that hasn't been the case so far. I think especially after the Americans beat them, they're kind of jealous of the Americans leaning on the young kids. So unfortunate that uh it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case but at the same time got to trust Claude Julien a little bit he's got a long track record of success so we'll see what Canada I does I feel it like, yeah I mean Stanley Cup he's got uh, a decade plus of his teams being dominant at even strength he's ringing blood from a stone at even strength not the best special teams coach we'll say but hey you can't do everything and there's other coaches in the coaching staff to handle that kind of stuff but, but has he adjusted to the big eyes Aren't they playing on North American ice there? I don't know. I was just making the same joke that I always get. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the thing, hey? Like every time a, a player coming over from Europe struggles a tiny bit, oh, you're adjusting <sighs> to the small ice. Hmm. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, hockey tournament. In, I'm looking for, I'm, I'm probably looking forward more to the women's final as I am uh, to the men's final. Let's be honest about that. Even if Sweden will be in it, I, I think the, the women's final will be much more interesting. Yeah, I think uh, you won't find many people disagreeing with that. Uh, the women's final is going to be the best rivalry in the sport. Uh, Canada versus USA. Very excited to watch that one on Wednesday. 
And obviously we'll we will bring the recap for that on Thursday, hopefully in victory, because I don't want to deal with smug Americans stopping possibly the most high octane offense in Canadian Olympic history from these women. But uh, yeah, that's all we've got for you today. Uh, before I close this out, Patrick, uh, tell everybody where they can find your work. Well, I'm over at Ice on the Price uh, most of the time. I also, this year, I'm, I'm, I should be saying I'm trying out or I'm, I'm, I'm working a little bit with my keens to, to see how that would work. And uh, so I'll be there for the draft prospects. But, but right now, um, obviously, Ice on the Price. And uh, if I should uh, blow my horn, horn a little bit, I, I'll be honest to say that I've got an interview with uh, Emil uh, uh, Heinemann's coach coming out later today. And um, yeah, should be good. It's very interesting to hear what a coach says directly after we traded for a new prospect in Montreal Canadiens. Yes, the Montreal Canadiens obviously made a very big trade, moving Tyler Toffoli to the Calgary Flames. So looking forward to your breakdown of that, Patrick. And I know that Patrick's going to be on Game Over Montreal this coming Saturday with Julian McKenzie hosting. And I believe Scott Matla from Eyes on the Prize is also going to be on that show. So it'll be a Eyes on the Prize reunion there, as we've been doing the Eyes on the Prize reunions on Game Over International. And on Thursday, Game Over Montreal, I'm going to have on both members of the CJ show, SDPN Zone, and Chris Johnston, Insider, is going to give us all the information that he has on who the Montreal Canadiens are going to be trading, what the returns are going to look like, what the most likely scenarios are, ahead of the trade deadline. So look forward to that. Mark your calendars after the Canadians likely lose to the St. Louis Blues. We'll be going live on the SDPN YouTube channel and make sure you download the SDPN app. Check out the SDPN shop. Get some amazing Game Over merchandise for your wearing and drinking pleasure. I'm missing something, Andrew. <laughs> yes, you know, I'll, I'll send you one. Get, get me your address after the show and I'll send you one, Patrick. I promise. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. It's uh, a pleasure to be with you every morning, but I am also looking forward to sleeping at a normal time when the Olympics are over. So a uh, couple more days of this, and then we'll be done. Talk a couple to you more soon. golds for Canada. <laughs> a couple more golds for Canada, we hope, because there's only two so far. But hey, what can you do? Beggars can't be choosers. <laughs>